hello everybody and welcome to episode six of MBCHS Over Coffee. And right across the table from me is our special guest, Mr. Riley Wooden. So pumped that he's here uh, with us today to, to chat and get to know him a little bit more behind the scenes. Um, heard just a little bit about his, uh, his story and I'm excited to, to share a little bit or have him share a little bit about it with you. It's, uh, it's, it's got some, some good points. It's going to be great. Um, first time I ever met Riley. That's a good question. Man. It's only been two years, I yeah. think, right? So yes. it's probably been, uh, probably definitely just at a, at a school, start of the year, PD kind of thing. Yeah. First time I met you. And similar to previous guests, one of the first things that strikes me is just, uh, you just have that positive demeanor and a positive vibe. There's some energy there. And like I always said, like people just are a little bit magnetized to that, like just positive attitude and a little bit of energy and it uh it's fun to be around and uh and it's good and you definitely have that and that struck me when i first uh first met you and first saw you so thanks for for coming on and uh yeah being no, a part of it appreciate it i'm glad to be here this will be this will be fun yeah and uh okay well we'll start tell us a little bit about uh your teaching journey how long have you been at mbchs this is year number two at mbchs and then before that i was two years overseas teaching at a uh, american international school in shenzhen china crazy shenzhen i say that correct yeah, yeah shenzhen shenzhen yeah. china yeah okay so uh this is this is awesome. How long how long were you in Shenzhen for? Uh, for two for two school years. Yeah, two school years. Yeah, and was that your first? That was uh, my first gig out of university. First gig like out of fresh university. fresh out of U of R, straight to China, From into the into the international scene, the public or sorry, the private education. Yeah. Okay, for from U of R, uh, hopped on a plane, direct flight. Shenzhen, yes. China. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bit of a leap of faith, but no, it was awesome. Okay, that's awesome. Okay, uh, so what? inspired you we'll talk a little bit about you've are maybe in a little bit but sure. what inspired your desire to just okay I'm, I'm i'm graduated let's do it go to move to china yeah. um yeah i think it started my cousin actually taught in singapore okay. so my cousin she's a teacher and, and she teaches in vancouver now but she was in singapore for like eight or nine years and was originally only going to go for one or two years to just you know travel and yeah. do the whole international scene and she just fell in love with it. And she was basically like, Riley, you have to go. It's the perfect time. There's some awesome cities like Hong Kong, Singapore, Tokyo. If you can get a job anywhere near those cities, yeah. go and do it. And uh, and then in my going into my internship, I got a scholarship to teach in Singapore um, at, a, at a school, like a really good school. Um, and so I was going to do that. And I was so excited for it. And it ended up falling through because of, I guess, some like the U of R couldn't get my full internship. Okay. Uh, like, I wouldn't have got full credits for it, basically. Okay. Okay. And so I was just kind of like, you know, frustrated with that. And yeah. I had a great internship, but yeah. um, I knew I wanted to go and try something abroad. So yeah. I applied for this job at in Shenzhen and, and got it. So That's awesome. So uh, you said you had a chance to, like, an international internship yeah. but didn't didn't quite pan out yeah i don't know if i've heard of that that's really interesting I've yeah it, it was really like kind of just sprung on us in like our fourth year and and i went through this whole process and it was quite long and i ended up getting it so i was so excited and yeah when it didn't work out i was i was just like determined that i must oh, yeah. go back overseas and for sure and get that experience so okay very very cool um and and so 
it was a private school, you said? Yeah. A private American school. Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know if I, like the company's International School Services is what they're called. And they've okay. got schools all over the place, but this one was an American-based school um, in China. And we have kids from all over the place. Okay. Yeah. And they, so that company would deal with m- not just American schools, but different... Yeah, all sorts. Like, all sorts. Like, depending on where they are, they have, you know bilingual programs they've got immersion programs they've got fully international schools and yeah okay very very cool and and so did someone refer this particular company to you or what, what was yeah. the process for looking for this? yeah basically like there's a few different services you can go on to try to find international jobs and there was a few companies i had in mind as well as a few like independent schools that are predominantly like really stronger schools and good ones to teach in with good yeah. you know reputation so that's one of the one companies that i was recommended and and luckily found a school that had a an, op- an opening in PE, which is what I wanted to teach. So. For sure. That's awesome. And you were looking for, were you looking for like Singapore or anything? I was kind of in the... the yeah, my, my big three, I wanted to do either Hong Kong, Singapore, or Tokyo, which are like okay. by far the most competitive markets. Yeah. Um, and being naive, I was like, oh, I'll just go move to Singapore and yeah. it'll be, but it's not that easy. So um, I ended up getting the one in Shenzhen, which is, it's basically attached to Hong Kong Island. Like there's okay. a bridge that attaches them. So okay. it was about as close as I could have been to okay. to being there. So Shenzhen would be like Battleford. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Hong Kong yeah. would be like North. Yeah, Island exactly. Br- I got you. Yeah. <laughs> Except for vice versa in size, like Shenzhen's three times oh. the size of Hong Kong. Oh, okay. And it's on the mainland side. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, very, very cool. And so, okay, um, Plain lands. Yep. Got your job. Like, what is? What are the culture shocks that are taking place? Oh man, it was like nothing you'd ever imagine. Like, I traveled all over the place beforehand, but like being in China with like no guidance at all was just bizarre. Because for the first when I first got there, I had no Wi-Fi, no cell coverage, so I couldn't even use Google Translate. I basically had like a sticky note that the school had given me that it was just like hand this to the first person you see and, <laughs> and then awesome. they'll get you to where you need yeah, to be. That's awesome. So they had some representatives from the school that would come and pick us up and they got us set up in our apartments. Okay. And like then, from the airport they'd Yeah, from up? the airport. Okay. Yeah. You had to take like a ferry to Shenzhen actually. So it was from like the ferry terminal. Okay. Because um, I flew into Hong Kong and then they met me there and took me to my apartment and Man, the next day I was in school doing orientation. So. Wow, that's adventure. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, like the, I mean, yeah, the, the language barrier, I don't know, I just feel like Asian languages, I just it's I see them and I'm just like, whoa, I, I don't even know where to begin, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. So uh, that's, that's uh, very cool. Um, and so what was it like then actually stepping into the teaching teaching role? Like in an American private school, what were yeah. some of the things that stick out to you as? I think like m- more so than anything, it was just, it's very, di- like the way the private system works, it's very, the expectations are a little bit different. So I guess going in, not having previous experience, you know, formally being yeah. a teacher, that that was kind of just, it was just the new normal to me. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, like it's a bit longer days, like you, you, okay. you have to be at school by 7.30 and you don't leave school till Four thirty at the earliest, okay. and and things like that. But it, of course, I hadn't had experience, so that was just the way it was. Yeah, for sure. Um, but like, as far as the kids go, it's you know you you expect that there'll be lots of students that come from really wealthy, affluent families, and that's sure. the, that is the, the the truth. But it's yeah. it's not like they're any really different. They're just regular kids. Yeah. And uh, especially at the younger ages, a lot of them I don't even think really understand that they are in a private 
versus public setting. Like that's just the normal to them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess the biggest thing is like we have so many kids that have like you know parents speaking German or English or French or Mandarin at home. Yeah. That so many of our kids were really like you know bilingual, but like kind of halfway there on sure. each. So <laughs> there's a lot of really interesting like translation things yeah. that you had to kind of learn along the way and we also had like our own slang for sure yeah. you know lots of <laughs> lots of words just because everyone was on so many different Fair pages enough. but and so the students that you're teaching um are they asian students or are they like american immigrants no students, lo- lots they... no lots of asian students but um we also had lots of like you know biracial um students too that would you know have a american dad or like a mom from germany or sure. wherever but I would say predominantly most of our kids were from families that either attended university in the States or yep. they want their fee- their kids to go to university in the States. Okay. So our programs are really tailored to sure. entering into those, you know, Ivy League schools or, yeah. you know, the, the main popular schools in the States. Okay. And that's kind of the path that they're setting themselves on is to be an international yeah. university student in those Okay. In those universities, yeah. Very interesting. What was the grade level you were teaching? I did K through 7 PE. Okay. So I was one of our three PE guys. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it was first time ever being face-to-face with a kindergartner before. And it was yeah. – <laughs> my respect for kindergarten teachers just went so up yeah. after that. But, yeah, K through 7 PE, and I had it in different sections throughout the year. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Fair enough. And I know when I heard Sheldon Rivette talk kindergarten, man, again, yeah, respect yeah. went from way up here oh, to man, way it's, it's, up there. It's just, <laughs> it's just draining. You have to be on all day long. Yeah, absolutely. Put out fires constantly. Yeah. Well, we've all seen uh, kindergarten cop and stuff. Yeah, we know, yeah exactly. We know what it's like. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, and so then I think we got to talk about then what, what was like life. Like, did they, did they, because you mentioned they, they met you at the airport, they took you yeah. to the apartment. Did they set all that apartment accommodation yeah, every, stuff? Yeah, like everything, that? like, that's the, the biggest perk of, I think, doing the international scene is just there's so much covered for you. Like, they, sure. they already have your living set up for you. And if you don't like what they, you know, provide to you, they'll give you options, you know, to okay. go and find your own and, sure. you know, find payment for that. Sure. Um, so that was set up for us. Basically, you have like, the first week, they have people from the school who just kind of get you adjusted to life, right? Okay. So they'll set you, they'll take you to the mall and wow. show you know, get you a cell phone set up, and yeah. then you're dealing with the visa office, and then you're dealing with you know immigration and and uh, kind of just getting toured around the city. And the biggest thing was getting my cell phone set up because yeah. your cell phone in China like yeah. runs your life. Okay. So yeah. they they set me up with all the the right apps and how to get deliveries and wow. yeah, there's there's a lot more that of that side of things that goes into it then so it's I even, really realized like it was about six months before I felt like okay I'm settled okay you know and you'd say you'd say it's like that that cell phone lifeline reality is even even more oh, it's, pronounced it's massive Asian like and, yeah. you know most of the restaurants that I would go to even like you just I guess it's popular here now you know how the QR codes are here yeah, yeah. so like a lot of the restaurants I would go to there'd be a QR code on the table you or you just scan it. It shows okay. you the menu, but you order it right from there. Okay. And you also pay on the QR code. You don't pay cash. You don't pay card. Wow. It's all through your cell phone. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, that's cool. Like yeah, QR codes are around, but they're not. They're not yeah, like it like that, runs so. even like something like a street vendor. You would just go and they just have a necklace with a QR code hanging on okay. it. Okay. Scan their necklace. Wow. Then, yeah. That's awesome. Good stuff. Um, 
Okay, and what was, so, I mean, what was the, you said 7.30 to 4.30 teaching time typically? Is yeah. that Monday to Friday? Yeah, Monday to Friday. It's fairly structured too? Like, yeah. Like 7.30, 4.30 is quite structured? Very structured. I'd say, like, there's, even, like, homeroom teachers wouldn't get a whole lot of say into what courses were taught at what times because, okay. you know, they would have, because the school has, you know, quite a bit of, like um, you know, money and tuition dollars to put towards teachers. Yeah. A lot of teachers, you know, you get more prep time, so they'd have a specific music teacher, they'd have a specific okay. PE teacher, a specific math teacher, sure. even starting from a younger age. Not yeah. not with the kindergartens and ones, but as they got older, you know, they move around a lot. So okay. um, definitely, there's a, like a big structure and mandatory time for like study hall and stuff like that throughout sure. the day. And okay. and then you know, teachers would have mandatory collaborative prep time okay. where you have to work with similar very you know, people. cool but yeah that's very cool and uh were there EAs in, in school as well yeah every every teach every classroom actually had two teachers not even two EAs but two teachers wow. one that would be you know uh, fluent in like first language English and one would be first language Mandarin okay because we had such a big Mandarin population sure. yeah wow we yeah, so there's two, two at all, always two teachers in, in the room at all times. And then there was additional support staff as well. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And being a private school, really, they set their budget, they set their payment, they set everything. Yeah, it's, it's all, it's, there's lots of uh, wealth to go around there. Sure. Yeah. yeah, like even, you know, from a PE perspective, when I would order, you know, PE sure. gear in yeah. every year, there was never a dollar amount set to it. It was always okay. just... Whatever you need, order yeah. it, and okay. it's an at needs basis. Wow! So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very cool experience. D- different, di- whole like a whole different thing. Yeah, yeah, very cool experience. And then what was? Because you didn't know anybody. Did you know anybody? No. In, even in the area, just this is just you. There's no just friends. There's me. no. Okay. Yeah. What was like? What was just your recreational life like in in Shenzhen and Hong Kong? Yeah, like I think. Um, like like Shenzhen, not many people know much about it, but it's it's really like a westernized city. So okay. when I say I lived in China, people always assume that I've had this like crazy experience of sure. you know where I went to eat and stuff. But like I had a Walmart and a Starbucks in the basement of my building. Oh, so like okay, you know it, it it was it was very much not like as crazy as people like to give me credit for. Okay. Um, but you know like a lot of your time I think is spent with your colleagues out of work just sure. inherently because you're kind of in the same boat and everyone's, you know, moved there and it's this big leap of faith. So I became really like close with a lot of my colleagues and, you know, it's, it's, this city is unreal. So that you'd have, you know, we'd go out for meals all the time because you don't have living expenses and, and, uh, you know, incredible restaurants around the city. You just go explore, go over to Hong Kong. It's always warm all year round there too. So that was helpful. And, (laughs) <laughs> it's nice to be outside there there's lots to do so that's awesome so yeah. lots of uh, like western English speaking teachers that oh, have tons, come over just like yourself tons yeah like our our school is I think our school like there I don't even know how many uh, schools there would have been in the city but I think our school was kind of like the fourth or fifth biggest just in the city yeah and our school employed probably like 70 overseas hires okay yeah wow um they paid, cause just just hearing you reference a couple of times, they paid for your living expenses? Yeah, they, they, they would pay for your living, and they'd give you a, um, one round trip every year so you can go home and back. Wow. And, 
And then they still give you a paycheck. Yeah, and you still get <laughs> a, a pretty good paycheck, too. Well, this podcast may not <laughs> make it to publication <laughs> yeah, yeah. because there may be some fear of, uh, yeah. of losing some, some stuff yeah. at school. Uh, <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll spend the rest of the podcast talking about all the negative Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's really, really cool. So... Um, Excellent. Spent a couple years then in Shenzhen, and uh, sound like they were they were really good years. Yeah. And uh, did you want to stay? Could you stay, or did you honestly just make a, an honest decision to come back to? No, it was actually a really awful situation of how I came back. It was the big holiday in you know it's actually going on right now is is uh, Chinese New Year. Okay. And that was our big exciting break where you got two weeks off. So you know, all of the teachers pretty much leave China and go traveling. And so I was off in Vietnam traveling and we were on this break. And then my head of school started sending emails like, you know, this COVID variant is, or this COVID-19 thing is happening in China. I don't know if you guys have heard about it, but it's starting to get close to Shenzhen. I haven't heard of COVID. Yeah, I know. At that that time, it was like, (laughs) to us, we didn't know anything about it, right? You just heard of like the stories. And... And so then they basically, it got to the point where on the back half of my trip, they said, you guys shouldn't come back to Man. to China right now. You should either extend your trip or go back home. Sure. So I opted to go back home. Yeah. And then we were teaching online for a little while. And then by the time summer had come around, it was like you, you couldn't really get back into China because of the borders. Yeah. And I had another year on my contract that I just signed, but yeah. oh, I could have either extended it to the following year or yeah. or just, you know, taken my loss there and looked for work here sure so, so you were you're teaching online but you're teaching pe from canada PE. to china online <laughs> yeah through um, oh man forget what the service that was that it was like uh google classroom but for kids um okay do you know what google, seesaw, oh, like seesaw, seesaw, yeah, seesaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah pe seesaw lessons from my backyard in canada to china man yeah. and were they pre-recorded or were you like up at whatever three in the no, morning no no it was all pre-recorded because okay. i would have like you know eight different sections to teach every day okay so, yeah <laughs> that's crazy I was, yeah, I was thinking man you have to be up live with oh, it was, i from... had to get pretty creative it was interesting <laughs> that's really good man no wonder you got hired for this job you got a <laughs> resume like that yeah no doubt you just tell me you're teaching uh distance ed to china <laughs> kindergarten pe that's right wow <laughs> that that is again i my respect's gone from here yeah to okay uh, so it was it was COVID that makes sense now yeah. putting two and two together yeah. and yeah. now and 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 now you're here so so we we were blessed because of uh, it's one positive thing that's come from, from it has COVID, it's been great it really has you got a job at the comp so excellent so you're back uh, you're back home yeah and uh, you mm-hmm. so you went back home and we'll talk about where that is in family yeah. in just a second uh, what what caught your attention about MBCHS. Uh, a staff as... member did actually. Okay. So I went all through university with Justin Eisinger. Oh, really, man. really close friends at U of R. Okay. And I, I'd finished the year ahead of him. Okay. He was, you know, when I was in my first year in China, he was just finishing up at U of R. So his first year was okay. my second year in China. Okay. And I was, you know, I was actually sitting at his cabin on the on the deck at Jack, or sorry, at uh, uh, not Jackfish. Uh, Murray. No, uh, Turtle Lake. Turtle Lake. Okay. And we're on the deck, and he said. You know, if you're like looking for jobs, um, we got an opening at my school, and you know, it'd be a, you'd be a good fit. And I said, okay, well, I'll have a look at it. And wow. lo and behold, that's the one I applied for, and okay. ended up getting it. So thank you, Justin Eisinger. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> recruiting me. 
Okay, uh, well, I knew he cheered for the Senators, so he was down a little bit. Michael. Yeah, yeah. But now well, Justin's going up. And don't give that's him too much credit, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> okay, that's excellent. Well done, Justin, and that's that's awesome. Okay, and so you've been here for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, fantastic. And uh, you've been in grade seven? Grade seven, homeroom. Okay, yeah. for both years. Yeah. Excellent. Um, when you... So maybe let's let's back up just a shade. When you were uh, in high school, what when did you know you wanted to be a teacher? Like, what was that motivation? Where did that come from? For you? Yeah, I think it was always like an option for me. Like, it was always in the back of my mind, just because I'm from a family of like a ton of teachers. Sure. I think I've got like six aunts that teach. My sister teaches. My brother's, you know, wife teaches. So every everybody in sure. our family is teachers and then inherently we were friends with teachers yeah, right so totally. all of my family friends were teachers and that was something that was always in the back of my mind but I also really knew that I wanted to to coach sports and I think that was a huge thing off the start yeah you know as a high school kid anyways was oh I want to you know coach sports and I'll teach PE and that'll be the good yeah the good mix because um, I had a really you know important person in my life that was a coach slash teacher, so okay. I kind of wanted to be a bit like him. Yeah, and then who who was it? Uh, his name's Barry Croshaw. Okay, yeah, that name is familiar. Yeah, he's very like uh, well known in football yeah, and sure. fast sports yeah. and that. And yeah, that name's familiar. Yeah, really impactful guy. Um, what was it about him that that stuck with you? I think you know. His his big thing is football, right? right? And he teaches PE and and Winston High as well. But his, you know, he we had really successful teams and we were always really strong. Yeah. But I think it was more so just the way that he, you know, got kids to. He used football as kind of like a vehicle to keep kids coming to school and keep sure. kids accountable yeah. and teach you a lot of lessons, you know, about life through that opposed to yeah, you know traditional in the classroom settings for sure and I think I just I saw him you know a lot of kids that I would have gone through school because of you know him putting those measures in into the football program little things like you know we did morning practices and sure. if people were missing class you you know at the time I thought it just sucked we did like running for it right yeah. you know yeah. but those little things that I think he almost like uh, Mr. Miyagi does, you know, like yeah. where he, he was teaching us these lessons without yeah. us knowing yeah, them. For sure. Um, and just, you know, being a good person and being on time for things and, you know, being respectful. And and those little lessons were really, when looking back at it, I was like, you know, he does a lot of really great things. So yeah, that was something that I, you know, wanted to try to emulate. Okay. And just to be clear, what high school did you attend? Uh, Winston High School in Watrous. Watrous, okay. Saskatchewan. And so you born and raised in Watrous? Born and raised. Yeah. I think I was actually like one of the last babies born in the Watrous Hospital. Man. Yeah. Okay. And then there's just like, we and can't then, do any and, better than this. And then they're like Saskatoon <laughs> for the rest of them. Can't do any that better than this. Or they just were like, not going to take We're me into the city, down. I guess. So I don't know. But, <laughs> but I know my mom always says that. She's like, you're one of the last kids born in Watrous. Oh, man. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, okay. And so, uh, we talked a little bit about high school. What was family like for you growing up? Yeah. Um, so my mom and dad both had small businesses in Watrous. Dad was a, had a construction business and mom owned a travel agency. Okay. Um, and then my childhood was just, you know, a lot of time playing sports, played everything. My mom made me play everything. Okay. Didn't have a choice. Like Keeping you in trouble. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> everything was... I had to do all the sports, all the activities, all the summer camps, but yeah. um, they kept me busy yeah. all the time. So that was that was my my upbringing, my childhood. It was just on the go constantly and yeah. spending time with them and other family members. But my brother and sister, I guess I didn't mention them. They're sure, yeah. they're like 
six and seven years older than me. So okay. So they were kind of out of the house by the time I was in high school. But growing up, you know, I would be following them around, doing their high school sports and sure, and hanging out with them. But yeah, sounds good. So your mom and dad wanted to time your birth around the end of the Watchers Hospital. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what plan, if any plan was even there when I was leave came the legacy. Around. Yeah, leave, leave your legacy. A bit of an afterthought but uh, <laughs> here i am best surprise ever uh, yeah well it's it's <laughs> it, uh it's nothing but nothing but uh a great decision on their part. yeah that's right <laughs> that's excellent uh yeah brother and sister older and and they were high achieving kind of yeah uh, yeah they were both so they you know really the bar driven well you know did well in school and that my brother's an engineer now and excellent. my sister teaches as well so excellent and all your school or all your sports experience uh definitely melded into like a perfect pe teacher scenario <laughs> too i think yeah. uh, that i i went for um kinesiology and did phys ed as well teaching and and spent a lot of time in the gym i was a quite a mediocre athlete <laughs> yeah, yeah but i was like hey i spent a lot of time there and, and it turns out you can you can be okay at gym yeah, that's gym teaching that's maybe. what i always said is i was always decent enough at everything and never special enough yeah. at 21 things so that's how i ended up you know doing the route i'd have yeah so. that would be word, me word for word so <laughs> okay excellent uh what did a 10 year old riley want to be when you grew up oh 10 year old probably I always talked about being a lawyer and I don't know hmm. I don't know why but okay. I just remember thinking that I could out argue people sure and that was something that I liked <laughs> to do for some reason okay. but I always liked that 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 feeling of you know changing someone's opinion sure yeah. so that was something I always said and that, it, there wasn't a whole lot of reason behind it I always just said it because I thought it was sounded good okay that or being a professional athlete of some sort yeah. would have been the dream, I think. So, are you are you an argumentative person? Do you think? And I don't I think, know, if argumentative and yeah, maybe not something. argumentative, but like I'm definitely like I have strong opinions. I okay. would say, yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll leave it at that. But. <laughs> <laughs> we'll throw all the controversial yeah, topics. Yeah, that's right. Okay, what are some of the uh, hobbies you're into into now? Uh, now it's just going to the gym. Yeah. I play a lot of golf in the summer. Um, obviously, I like traveling. So, so once things are back to normal, I'll, you're gonna go back. Are you I'll, gonna go back to at least travel through? Oh, I'll China? travel through Asia yeah. again for sure. I don't know yeah. about China; it's a little tricky, like going yeah, in and out. Yeah. But but definitely, I'll go see some of my old friends there. Yeah. Um, yeah, traveling, um, spending time with friends. Just I love getting together with friends and watching sports, or yeah. you know, going to see a show, going to concerts, all okay. that kind of stuff. But awesome. Spend a lot of time. I got a cabin at Canada Lake and. Okay. Spend a lot of time up there in the summers. So. And that's your family cabin. That's yeah. My mom and I shouldn't say I have a cabin. My yeah. mom and dad have a cabin that I reside in. Did pretty well for in most Shenzhen, of the yeah. summer months. Yeah. 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 Excellent. And uh, that's been like uh, a lifelong thing for you. To no, have that cabin? no. Actually, it was just uh, basically they retired after I got through university, and then after they did that, um, they retired and bought the cabin. Okay. That was their retirement project. So. Nice. That's good. Excellent. Um, so you've been, I guess. Let's just go back to Shenzhen for a sec. So you, you had two years there. Yeah. Um, any any kind of uh, crazy craziest story you can think of? Uh, could be like you know, could be like a classroom management thing. Could be just like a, yeah, just no, out of the blue kind of thing. No, I've got one, and it's just like first day of teaching story. Okay. Um, it was my first day of teaching at the school, and really my first day of teaching ever on my own. Yeah. You know, except for being in the internship. Yeah. And I had a grade two class, um, 
And I remember one of like the older teachers that was at the school said like, hey, there's, you know, a young fella here. He's, you know, basically they gave me the old keep your eye on this guy. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I was, you know, fresh out of college. <laughs> and my thinking was, you know, I'll give all these kids a fresh slate and I'm not going to even pay yeah. attention to who this kid is. I'll just get to know them. Yeah. And it was like 13, 15 seconds into my introduction of hey kids i'm mr Voyden. yeah um he just stood up and he ripped his shirt off and started running around <laughs> in the lobby and and i was sitting there like oh my goodness my principal's office is upstairs yeah. and I, i'm like oh my goodness what have i got going on here and eventually i calmed the young guy down and he was just kind of laughing at me and i think he was testing me at the time but yeah. <laughs> i didn't pass the test very well but I just remember like the sinking feeling of yeah. oh I don't have any clue what I'm gonna do here. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but after that it was, uh, you know we had a few other interesting mishaps me and him. But he was a, an interesting young fella and okay. gave me kept me on my toes all yeah. the time. But yeah, it was about as perfect of a opening day. worst day yeah. first day you could yeah. have had. Yeah, and that yeah. it's a blessing in disguise because if you. If you have an experience like that on your first day, yeah, it's yeah. just like, okay. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Everything else yeah. was, was Phoenix. It. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Good. And uh, you're a couple years here at the comp. Uh, any crazy stories from the comp you've had so far? Uh, crazy stories from the comp so far. Mm. I don't know if I've had anything too crazy just yeah. yet. Um, That's good. No. Yeah. Nothing that really That's comes good. to mind. Yeah. I've had some funny stories of uh, colleagues, but I won't get into that either. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll shut the mic off. Yeah. <laughs> no, that sounds good. Um, any, uh, any moments where you, you just, you just be like, man, this, this was a bit of a fail. I mean, I know you, you had the day where you felt like that your first day teaching, but yeah. Any days are just like, ah, oh, like this, this. Oh, I think I get not, that. Not I think I get that lots. Like, yeah. and it's not so much the day, but like, it seems like, you know, you'll, I'll put together some like awesome lesson or I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And it's like this perfectly well thought out. And I, I, th I always think I, I, and maybe I shouldn't, I shouldn't do this. I know I shouldn't, but I always say like, you know, the more time I spent planning on it, the better it's going to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, those just totally flop and the yeah. lesson that you've thrown together the night before, you know, yeah. goes super well and it's just so deflating. But yeah. I think it's always just like a, one of those ones where you, you teach it, it doesn't work out and yeah. you just move on and roll on to the next thing. For sure. So. Like it, this is the beauty of teaching is it's quite experimental. Oh, big time. <laughs> Very big time. experimental. Yeah. you never really know. No, you, you don't know. And even the same activity might be great with one group exactly. versus the yeah. other. So Group dynamics for yeah. sure. I actually had that conversation with somebody the other day. They were upset that they had planned this amazing lessons and the kids were like yeah. that was lame but yeah. like you don't know how hard i worked on that <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah for sure no it it uh yeah something that i don't know just kind of seemed to learn the the ebb and flow of that yeah. kind of like things work things don't work and and don't be afraid to, to give it a shot if oh you man think it for it's, sure i think it's gonna work so excellent um if uh i, I guess You've already mentioned this a little bit from from your time with with Watchers uh, and your football coach. Yeah. Any other teachers that stand out to you from your time professionally or your time as a student besides your football coach? Um, yeah, probably both. I, um, 
like I mentioned, Barry Crochet and Watchers was, yeah. was definitely one in high school that stood out to me. Um, but another teacher that I, I think I really learned a lot from was somebody that I worked with in China. Um, and his name's Ku. And okay. he, uh, he, was, he kind of was all over the place. Like he taught in you know, South America and the States. And he was one of those guys that was like so incredibly dedicated to just always being better at his craft. Yeah. Um, he actually, when he joined our school in Shenzhen, he stepped down from a, you know, more of an admin role to go back to the ca- to classroom to, sure. you know, basically put his, you know, research to the test yeah. before he went back. And, okay. and he was just one of those people that, you know, when you think of really, really strong and teachers that just from all levels, like he had amazing relationships with kids. His classes were always, you know, really engaging and, and different. And they were, he did some things in the room that I had never seen before. Yeah. And at our school, we actually, we'd always do these, they were called learning walks. And you would just go spend time in other people's classrooms and, yeah. you know, monitor them. Yeah. And every time I could take a chance, he was like one of those people that, you know, everyone was like, you got to go see Koo teach. You got to go see Koo yeah. teach. So I'd go to his room and, and uh, yeah, like the amount of time he even put in was just, is mind boggling. Right. But. He was one of those people that really set a good principle of, you know, this is what someone who's dedicated to being a good teacher looks For like. For sure. So. It's, it's like that passion drive and, and work ethic all mixed. In yeah. And, and, but genuinely enjoyed doing it. Wasn't, yeah. He wasn't yes. doing it for anybody else. You know, For sure, it, yeah. It was doing it because you, you could tell he really cared about like his class and his kids. And yeah, he was really a good one to watch. Yeah. I love that you said genuine enjoyment. That would be something too that, yeah, really would identify that. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and I'll just throw this one at you too. Uh, while we're while we're on it, what would I know? You're just you're still I guess four years into your teaching career. Yeah. What what would be some of the things you'd want students to say about you or remember you for in your teaching uh, mm-hmm. as, as you get on, as you get older, as you come to the yeah. end someday, whatever? What are some of those things you want students to say about you? Um, yeah, as a teacher, I think just more than anything this that he like cared about me as a person more than a student and yeah. you know took the time to get to know me outside of who I am at school and because I think that's especially I noticed with with lots of my coaching that's where you really kind of get yeah. to know the kids and and we've had this conversation lots too with just you know getting that extra time to build relationships so I think yeah just being someone that was there to listen to them and um regardless of how they were doing being there to help out in whatever way they need whether it's with sports or with school or someone to talk to that kind of thing yeah um i'm less worried about what they think of my teaching practice if that makes it yeah for sure you know um but i would say yeah just feeling safe and in a good place whenever they're with me yeah yeah, for sure. And it's, it's not to downplay, you know, no. preparation and teaching no. strategies no, and stuff of like course. that. But I, I just had this conversation with Carla Yarrow just a couple of days ago about making memories, you know, for a student. Is there how many students really, like, really remember the academic side of their school life? It's right. more the relationship. I know right. we've heard it from Jordy Carrington, too, and things like that. Uh, in, in just what are they really, what are the memories they'll take with them? And it, a lot of it is relationships and those kind of outside the typical classroom study yeah. maybe experiences things like that yeah or, yeah and, and I'm glad you said too like it's not to downplay the other yeah. side of things because I think that's you know that's wildly important too but 
yeah, like if you don't have them on the hook first, then yeah. it doesn't really matter how good of a, you know, what what theories or what what practices you use. Like yeah. Yeah. if you don't if they don't trust you and they don't want to be there, then yeah, why are they gonna? sit and listen to you for an hour right yeah so. yeah for sure and, and those relationships that make the difference at at the end um I, i've always said to my students like unapologetically relationships are the most important thing in life mm -hmm. one of the ways you know that is that's that's what you want around you when you come to the end you want relationships around you your relationships your loved ones and at the end of even a teaching career like yeah. you really you want you, those relationships are what i feel for me anyway personally you want to be kind of known for and, and stay, stay, stay connected uh, even as you see graduates you know 20 years down the road at Walmart or wherever it is saying hi yeah like exactly so, excellent um, and so you, you said a little bit about what you wanted students to remember you for let's go even on a deeper more life life spectrum uh, what do you want people to say about you at your funeral oh man like at my own funeral? At your oh, own yeah. funeral. Oh, okay. So we're talking yeah. not just teaching career, even though that's obviously part of your life. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, right. Um, I think if I was going to... What I would hope for them to say would be that, you know, I put other people ahead of myself and that, you know, I, I was willing to put in time with people and show that I care. Um, but also that I was able to make people just you know laugh and then uh have a good sense of humor and that kind of thing um someone that was easy to be around i think and you know was positive that's something that i really like in other people and try to do with myself is you know spread some sort of positivity excellent and as you were talking about your funeral uh your chair just about tipped over yeah there, yeah so that would have been almost epic <laughs> I would have said those things about yeah, you. Yeah, that would have been ironic if I would have got injured there uh, talking about that. <laughs> excellent. Well, uh, you know what? I think we've come to the espresso round. Okay. Uh, Riley, uh, this has been awesome. Um, and so I got 10 questions for you. Okay. Quick okay. hitters. Uh, and just give me the, the first honest answer that comes to your mind. I don't think anything's too scary. But, okay. Uh, favorite athlete growing up? Um, DeMar DeRozan. Okay. Uh, first one of, this might be similar, but first one of your role models that comes to mind at any point. Someone you consider a role model. My dad. Excellent. Nickname your parents used to call you? Uh, Rye Town. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, a lot of our special guests have said, can't say. Yeah. You know, things yeah. like that. But yeah. uh, that was awesome. That's yeah, Rye Town or Junior. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Who's the most played band or individual on your phone? Oh, probably like uh, Drake. Okay. Yeah. Favorite movie ever? Oh, man. Um, ever. Usual Suspects? Maybe. Okay. Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> Sounds yeah. good. What recharges you the most? Um, going to the gym. Excellent. Say something in an Asian language. Uh, okay, do we have to bleep that out? Was that clean? Yeah, it's clean. It's completely <laughs> clean. I just ordered my breakfast. Ryan's shaking his head. Oh, you ordered your breakfast. Excellent. Yeah. What did you order? Uh, Leonga. It's like two. I want two of those. Uh, Juro Baltsu. 
is a pork-filled steam bun. Man, yeah. that sounds awesome. That was like pretty easy for you. That's one of my like six terms that I remember. Okay, so, yeah, that I was, was like, I was smooth. <laughs> that's my go-to if anyone asks me, I order breakfast. Because <laughs> I did it every day, so I'll never forget it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Hey, <laughs> number one item on your bucket list. Mm. Um, I want to play golf at Augusta. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, if you could meet one person, uh, dead or alive, who would you meet? Dead or alive. Mm, tough. Maybe... Barack Obama. Okay. Very cool. And last one. Who would you like to see as a guest on this podcast? Um, I was thinking about this. I'm trying to think who I want to pick. Um... I'd like to see Josh Archenko on this. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Be talking farming in Montreal. Yeah. I, well, like, a whole no, lot of I don't want any have stuff, but I want to hear <laughs> his perspective on life. So. Sounds great. <laughs> and I shouldn't say I know there's probably a lot of deep facets to Josh. I shouldn't sum him up. That's right. Yeah, he's got layers. Absolutely. Absolutely. This has been awesome. Thanks so much, uh, Raleigh. And uh, it's great just to get to know you a little bit, uh, a little bit more, and just very cool experiences in. Uh, you know, in, in uh, just four years to this point is your career, but you've had a lot <laughs> of cool experiences. Short and sweet. Yeah, yeah. man, that's awesome. Like, so cool. Thanks so much. And, uh, yeah, I just appreciate appreciate you very much. And, and again, that, that, that vibe of just, you know, positive, energetic. Um, and, and every time I just am around your classroom and around, around you, uh, I just... You just get that that sense that you know, this, is, this is this is just a great guy, and good things are happening, and you just kind of want to be around it. And uh, thank you, thank you for the work you're doing with our senior boys basketball too, and yeah. football and everything else. So, so appreciate much appreciated. It. Okay, yeah, thank you so much for having me here, guys. This is awesome. It's time to thank the amazing people who make MBCHS Over Coffee podcast possible. Producing, recording, technology, my friend Ryan Kabelski, the man. Podcast cover art, Miss Elizabeth Millard. Staff photographs, Mr. Mark Kachorik. And intro music, Madison Hemmerling. Catch him on Apple Music with his band, The Gladstone.